Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything, life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. All right, and we are live. We're live with my brother, my brother, Ken Surridge. He's a military veteran, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, stuff in the world news cycle and a bunch of other stuff, but uh, first off, I'm just going to kind of let my brother tell you a little bit about himself maybe and a little bit about how his uh, career started off in the military. Uh, he was in the military for 35 years, served with the Princess Patricias, out of Winnipeg at the time, and uh, he's been all over the world. And uh, needless to say, I've always thanked him for his service, and I'm very proud of everything he's ever accomplished in his life. And uh, on that note, welcome to the show, brother. Well, hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, more than delighted to be here and uh, talk to you and uh, speak about whatever comes up. Uh, as you stated, uh, yeah, I'm uh, Ken Surridge, and I uh, spent uh, over 35 years in the military, 35 and a half to be exact. I joined back in uh, 1982, of March 10th. Uh, Wainwright, Alberta, did uh, six glorious months there. I was not uh, one of those guys that went to uh, Cornwallis. I uh, went uh, what they called direct entry at the time. Uh, so I went straight into uh, Wainwright, did all six months in Wainwright, Alberta. Uh, didn't realize I was going to the 2nd Battalion, um, but after uh, the six-month uh, <coughs> course, I went to uh, Winnipeg, and uh, right off the hop, they were uh, heading into uh, Cyprus, 1982-1983, and I had the... Uh, you know, the uh, opportunity to head over to uh, Cyprus in 1983. Spent uh, three and a half months there. And then a uh, whirlwind of uh, future happened from that moment on. I spent uh, four years in Germany from uh, 84 to 88. But even before that, uh, A Company, which is the company I was with, uh, we had the opportunity to uh, what they called a flyover company. And we went over and did a uh, major exercise uh, with the RCRs. And, of course, uh, they were uh, stationed in uh, Baden-Soligan at the time, Baden-Baden. And uh, we did uh, this major exercise for uh, eight weeks. Um, and it was uh, one of the best things that I've ever done as a uh, young soldier. So anyway, we spent uh, four years there. and. Uh, Got posted back to Winnipeg in '88. Uh, Lots of exercises, major exercises coming up, uh, and then of course you go on a lot of military courses, and the courses are usually uh, six weeks, uh, eight weeks long. Then I had the uh, opportunity to go back over to Cyprus in '83, uh, or sorry, in 1990, um, and I was a uh, master corporal at the time in 1990. And uh, we spent uh, six months over there. Uh, it's kind of a, an eye-opener. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, as a young soldier, you're, uh, you know, you're thinking this is a war-torn country against the uh, Turks and the Greeks. So you're kind of heightened, excited at the same time. Um, very enjoyable. 
I've done two tours of uh, Bosnia, Croatia, Herzegovina. Uh, we went over to uh, what they called Sector West in 1993. About three, uh, three and a half months or three months into the tour, uh, we went down into uh, Sector South, which is called the uh, Madak Pocket, as uh, most people uh, know and understand. I was with Charlie Company at the time, and we were on the uh, front lines uh, in the Madak Pocket. Uh, kind of a hair-raising experience. Uh, that tour was uh, unlike most tours that I've had in uh, Cyprus and, and so forth. Um, it had its moments. Um, you know, you, you went on patrols, vehicle patrols, foot patrols. You were up in the mountains. Uh, you patrolled the, uh, the towns, the cities. <clears throat> so it's a bit of a hair-raising experience. Um, then, of course, the Madak Pocket itself, uh, you know, we were uh, involved with uh, small arms fire, artillery, and things of that nature. Uh, went back over again in uh, 97, but in between 93 and 97, of course, uh, you're, you're still on major courses, uh, career courses, advanced courses. So it was, uh, you know, pretty hectic uh, back in the uh, battalion. Um, for doing tasks, courses, and things of that nature. Went back over in uh, 97, <clears throat> and uh, you know that was uh, another uh, six-month tour, six-and-a-half-month tour, um, and kind of unlike the first tour we were there, it was uh, a little more laid back. Um, I mean, we still ran into issues with the, uh, with the individuals over there. Uh, anyway, um, I then uh, came back to the battalion, got posted out, um, and I did a, a small stint back here in Ontario. And then uh, I ended up back in uh, the 3rd Battalion in uh, 2001, where we were in preparation to head over to uh, Afghanistan. I did my uh, first tour in Afghanistan in 2005-2006. Uh, and then we uh, came back. We were now training and preparing other companies and other organizations to go back over to Afghanistan, uh, you know, within, uh, within the next year. So we were quite busy doing all that because we, at that moment in time, were the SMEs. And then, uh, you know, we had a, a short little break and we had another opportunity to go back over in 2009-2010. Uh, mm. 2009-2010 was uh, where I was the uh, sergeant major of what they called the Pomlet, which was uh, direct with the uh, AMP, the uh, you know Afghan National Police, uh, and that was <laughs> that was a thrill on a, all on its own trying to uh, <laughs> organize the uh, AMP and trying to make sure, because they are very untrustworthy. Uh, you know, you don't know one moment if they're going to uh, shake your hand or shoot you. Uh, so we, so we what, had a pretty uh, good tour. You'd have interpreters, right? You'd have interpreters to help you guys along oh, yes. with yeah. those individuals? Yeah, we had interpreters. Uh, but sometimes, you, you know, especially when you're first getting to know everybody, you're, uh, you don't trust anybody, yeah. as, even the interpreters. But trust me, uh, <laughs> Uh, my first tour, uh, we had a lot of uh, good interpreters. We had uh, a good rapport with the interpreters. Um, 
and even some of those were uh, speaking of coming back to Canada or wherever the case may be, because uh, they were promised through our government uh, once this was all over and said and done. Right. Right. Um, unfortunately, we, uh, you know, over a period of time, we lost a few of these interpreters, um, you know, because it's, uh, you know, it's war. Dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous. <clears throat> but once uh, 2009, 2010, once that uh, tour was over in Afghanistan, uh, I came back to the uh, battalion in, uh, in Edmonton, 3rd Battalion, and then I got uh, posted to uh, Wainwright, uh, where I uh, was a sergeant major of a company, um, leadership company, which is where we train all the uh, young recruits coming in. Uh, plus, we, uh, you know, we also did uh, leadership courses. And over a period of time, within uh, within the year, I became uh, the QMSI of uh, of that organization. And the QMSI uh, in our organization, in the PPCLI, stands for uh, Quartermaster, Sergeant Major, Instructor or senior instructor. Right. So, um, in 2012, I had the opportunity to uh, come back this way again, and I was posted to uh, Borden, where I was preparing for my retirement. I knew I was going to retire in 2017, and that's where I sit now. So I've had a very uh, lucrative uh, career in the military. I wouldn't change anything, uh, even if I had the opportunity. I mean. Uh, Back in my day, when we uh, when we soldiered, we soldiered. I can't say that's how things are working nowadays. Uh, it, the military is not the same military that I uh, joined. I've heard that from different people, yeah. not just you, or of course our other brother, but I've heard it from other individuals, and I know that say the same thing yeah. about the about the military. Well, the <clears throat> you know, as you know, the uh, as. As things move forward, as life uh, continues on, things change. We all know that. However, uh, for years we always heard that uh, we had to uh, lower our standard. And uh, unfortunately, when you're a professional, it's kind of hard to lower your standard. But through our government, through our hierarchy in the military, uh, they all said that we had to lower our standard. So now you're basically allowing anybody to pass that shouldn't pass. Uh, so you don't have the same quality right. of soldiers in the military. And, uh, you know, you give people an inch, they take a mile. And now, because of the way, uh, you know, our life is right now, uh, things have changed for the worse, as far as I'm concerned, in the military. Uh, the way things, you know, the way things are going, uh, the things that people are allowed to do, the soldiers are allowed to do in the military, is, it's sad. Sad. Well. And that all being said, um, of course, your 35 years of service um, to this country. What's your take on what you've seen happen just over the last little while? And I open up a whole freaking can of worms, but uh, in the last little while, say up in Ottawa, um, when people are talking about just fundamental freedoms, or even around the world, down the states, or even in other countries, if you've witnessed anything online as well, about uh, because you've obviously been there and defended people's freedoms in different in different uh, theaters and here we are on our home soil now and people are are basically standing up for what they believe uh, their fundamental freedoms are according to our Charter of Rights and Freedoms and of course our Bill of Rights that were designed by uh, John Diefenbaker what's your take I know a little bit about your take but let me hear a little bit more about your take about 
what you believe freedom should be and uh, what's your take on that? What's going on right now? Well, I'll say right off the bat that uh, <laughs> we don't have freedom anymore. We are controlled by our hierarchy. We're controlled by our government. We're controlled by outside agencies. We don't have freedom the way we had freedom. And people can say whatever they want. They can turn around and say, well, I got the freedom to walk outside my door. Absolutely you do. Absolutely you have the freedom to go to the store. Or do you? You know, there was a time where you uh, couldn't go out unless you had a mask on. You couldn't go into a shopping mall unless you had a mask on. I understand about COVID. Hey, I've had three shots, and trust me, I will not get a fourth. I will not get a fifth, and so on. I've had three shots. Freedom, that's what I fought for. That's what our grandfathers fought for. All those before me, they fought for freedom. They fought for uh, our Charter of Rights. They fought for uh, our civil rights. They fought for fellow man. There's, the thing about the military, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a camaraderie in the military that you'll never get anywhere else. You know, you've got a family, you love your family, you love your siblings, you love your parents, so forth. There's nothing you wouldn't do for them. But in the military, you have a camaraderie because you have to trust everybody that's with you. Yeah. So we fought for that freedom. We fought for this flag that we say Canadian or Canada, you know, the red and white. We fought for that. Yeah. I've had friends that have died. I've had friends that have been dismembered. And we talk about freedom. There's no freedom anymore. Our government has taken that away from us. You're not allowed to travel unless you have proof of this, this, and this. Meanwhile, we're the, sorry to interrupt you, but we're like the only, I think we're the last remaining country in the world that actually has still have those, those stringent mandates put, put upon us. I was just watching the House just the other day, and uh, one of our representatives was asking the Prime Minister in regards to that. And they, of course, they do a song and dance. It's basically word salad. And they can't literally just come forward and say, you know what, enough. We are going to jump on board the rest, of the, con the rest of the countries now and just leave these mandates alone and let people be free. That's, that's huge for me. I mean, I'm always a big, I'm a big freedom guy. And uh, for obvious reasons, not just because of you and uh, our other brother, but, of course, our, our, our grandfathers. But... If they didn't, not just our grandfathers, but other people's grandfathers and, and fathers and people that went to war, if they, if if their sacrifices don't account for anything, it has to account for freedom. I mean, it has to account for that, as far as I'm concerned. And it pisses me off when I see on the news or on the TV or wherever, when I see some of these bleeding hearts talk about different things, it just it just pisses me off because... Freedom to me is, it, this has been fought for like, this isn't the first time this has been brought up, but it's almost like we're being bombarded by people in the government that want to take away certain freedoms, right? Like back in the 60s with Martin Luther King, 
He said, freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. That was back in the 60s. Martin Luther King was huge on freedom, right? Him, Malcolm X, and now here we are today. People are still preaching the same thing. It's like Elon Musk just said the other day uh, in regards to freedom saying about Twitter, saying that uh, freedom is basically having someone that you do not like telling you something that basically you don't like. <laughs> That's freedom. Like, I've always said we should have the ability to listen to each other. We don't have to hate each other, but have a difference of opinion and hopefully come to, come, come to some common ground in, in regards to that opinion and move forward. Hopefully solve a problem. I mean, getting back to the military. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah, there's a hierarchy. But if you guys don't work as a team or work as a unit, nothing will get done. The same thing has to do with when you have a conversation with somebody. Everyone has a different opinion about things, and that's what makes us all unique. But to come to some common ground, to, like I said, to solve a problem, to have a solution to a problem, um, that's, what's, that's what's key, right? And uh, I think people are missing that. People are on this big hate wagon, right? It's like, oh, I hate this person because of this, right? And that's a pretty strong word, obviously. I hate this person because of that, or I hate this person because of this. That's their opinion. It doesn't mean it's the truth. It doesn't mean it's not the truth. It's just their opinion. And hopefully, like I said, if everyone can come together and have a conversation that brings information to the table that maybe you don't previously have, it gives you a different perspective on something that you've already made up your mind for, you know? I just covered this on a podcast there not too long ago, and it's the same situation. Like I said, if, you know, if somebody's on, the, on an edge of a cliff and they jump off a cliff, you saw him jump off a cliff and it's 400 feet high, you're thinking, oh my God, the guy's dead. Well, maybe not. You don't realize maybe that guy had a parachute underneath his jacket. You know, maybe there's a net or a bag at the bottom of that drop, so he hits it and like a stuntman hits it and then rolls off and he's good to go. You don't know all those little bit pieces of information. Freedom is, I think it's kind of a cut and dried thing where other people would always make it, not a, a lot of people shouldn't say that. Some people would make it wishy-washy. They, they wouldn't say it's cut and dried. They'd say, oh, well, as long as it doesn't infringe on other people's freedoms. Yeah, true, to a certain degree, but... You know, you can't, for instance, you can't, freedom of speech, we can't yell uh, fire in a theater because that creates panic and somebody could get trampled, they could get killed, right? So obviously that's over the top, but that's totally different than that basically having the opinion of saying, I want to say something and we can have a conversation about it. But nowadays in age, people want to stop people from speaking. They yes. want to stop people from actually having even a part of a conversation. Now, I don't know what your spin is on that, but I even said to our own mother the other day when I was talking to her, I said, how would you like it if we were all sitting around the table with our spouses and we're all, you know, shooting the shit, and we look at you and say, you're not allowed to speak, just us. And she goes, well, I wouldn't like that. And I went, of course you wouldn't, because that's not right. Everyone should have an opportunity to say something, because you might bring something to the table, like I said earlier, that no one else knows, and it might change the way they think about something. What do you think about that? Well, let's just say, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're talking about uh, freedom. People are blind today. You know, we're not all walking in the same path. We're not all, uh, you know, trying to achieve the same goal. So, I mean, your freedom is being taken away. And it's being taken away little by little. Your freedom of speech, because you're not allowed to say anything, 
You're not allowed to say, I mean, I'm not talking about uh, saying things derogatory to, to other organizations, yeah. whether, you exactly. know, uh, indigenous or whether the exactly. uh, blacks, you know. I mean, you've got to respect your fellow man or fellow woman. 100%. Right? But to turn around and not be able to say what's on your mind, that's, it, it's disgusting. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be hurtful towards another organization, but I do get tired of listening to the same crap all the time. I mean, you turn on the news and you listen to the same crap all the time. 100%. And we're being brainwashed to believe in all this. So there's people that have these blinders on and you can't speak to them because they're focused on one thing and one thing only. You know, turn around and say, uh, you know, it, it's a wonderful life. Well, it used to be. I mean, the days where we never locked our doors. Yeah. I mean, Dad used to leave the keys in the car. Yeah. Where'd those days go? Yeah, like, what days. happened? What changed? Because people have been brainwashed over years. Our freedoms have changed. The positions of people having jobs, making money. Our government has made it easy for those to never work a day in their life and live on welfare. We are the people that work, pay the taxes, pay their way of living, and that's not right. But I'm supposed to be okay with that. Like, yeah. why don't I just give my paycheck to this dude, <laughs> you know, yeah. and say you have a great life. Yeah. On the other hand, you look at it from a different perspective as well and say that uh, living in Canada, of course, uh, we have certain social programs, and they have them in other countries as well. But those uh, social programs are out to help people that are less fortunate. And um, so our tax dollars go to those individuals. But are you, th you talking about people that basically just are, don't want to work? or like not, not, that they, not that they have a disability or something like that, but people well, that don't want to work, and they just basically leech off society, if you will, and the rest of us pay for it. Well, absolutely. Well, tell the story that I think you told me the story uh, about the uh, forest in Germany when you guys were stationed in Germany. Didn't they have something as far as uh, unemployment insurance? Did, like if you were collecting unemployment, wasn't there someone like they'd go and clean up, they'd have to go clean up the forest and stuff, but they'd have a checklist or something? Was that what it was? Well, they, you see, they, back then, I you, mean, they did things slightly different. And I've been saying that here as well. Um, you know, you've got people that, uh, as you say, less fortunate on welfare or whatever. They're getting uh, assistance from the government, okay? So they had to do uh, a three-day work week, okay, where they work a few hours here and there. And you got the black forest. They go in there and they clean up whatever debris, garbage. Uh, you've got a farmer's field, and you'd find them out there uh, helping the farmers. Yeah, so basically they had to work for their unemployment. Yeah. To, so you work, you work a few hours a week, you know? Uh, I mean, I wasn't really up on the, uh, the German aspect of what they, uh, what they did and how they did things. However, uh, I know we've discussed this many times. You've got to break the cycle. There are those that uh, require assistance. I got that. I understand that. But there are those. Yeah. They're, stuck in, they're stuck in a system. They, they found a way <laughs> to be a leech on the system. You're stuck you know, in this cycle, yeah. So, so now you've got these parents that have never worked a day in their life because they feel they, they found a way for the government to give them money. 
Yeah. Now they have kids. Those kids have grown up to be adults, and they're sucking the life out of us because they haven't worked a day. And so the cycle has continued. Yeah. So when they have uh, kids, what are they going to do? They found a way that mommy and daddy have achieved greatness. Yeah. Why can't I do that? Yeah. So we need to break the cycle. I understand bringing people in from Mexico and uh, Jamaica and everything else, working in the apple fields or the orchards yeah. or whatever. I got that. I understand that. Yeah. But I see nothing wrong with our government saying, you know what? You want our help? You want our assistance? Fine and dandy. But you must work. Somewhere or doing 15 something. 15 hours or, a week or yeah. 20 hours a week. Yeah. You know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there, picking apples, cleaning up garbage, whatever. Yeah, just putting something back into the system. Just putting yes. back something back into society, making you feel like you're feel like you're doing something. But don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there are those out there that don't really require that assistance. Yeah. I'm saying there's people out there that are bloodsuckers. <laughs> they're leech, you know, and, and they're sucking the life out of society yeah. from doing absolutely nothing and gaining everything from the government. Yeah. I know all kinds of people that have done that, and people can't say that's not happening because it's happening. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure it's happening all over the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? There's things that, uh, a, lot of, a lot of factors, I think, are involved with that. You're talking about breaking the cycle, um, like for parents that are, say, on welfare or what have you. Down in the States, I was just watching a, watching a, uh, a video the other day uh, they were talking about why there is so much crime in the states um, because of the, the percentages, something like, I forget what it is, it's a very, pretty high percentage of people, and I don't want to get racial, but they're talking about blacks or whites, and they, they say that it's because of the uh, family, moms and dads. They they're basically have done a poll and those, most of those people, like a very, very high percentage, we're talking like 89%, they only have one parent. It's usually the mother because the father leaves. So they're trying to raise their child by themselves. So it's basically one-parent families, and that's, that's a huge thing. Like it's a, it's a big factor. It's kind of hard to raise children on your own, for one thing, uh, because I believe that, I believe that they should have, a kid should have both mama and dad for different reasons, right? I think that uh, they should have... Uh, Obviously, a mom to show, say, the the daughter or the son what it's like to, you know, treat your spouse a certain way or how you interact with your husband, right, the other spouse. And the same thing with the father, that your daughter or son can watch you and hopefully how you interact with your spouse or how you interact with people, for that matter, and just do things in life. Different things like I've always said, even though there's five of us in our family and how we were raised, we were all basically, we all basically have the same kind of, uh, how do I say it? It's, we all basically have the same, certain values are very similar. Even though we all think differently and we are not the same people. Uh, we all, some things we think about the same, other things we don't, but that's fine. Like I've always said, that's just what makes us individuals. But it, it just shows you that having our mom and dad, of course, raise us and how we ter all turned out, we all still have certain values. And I think going through life, you have to have standards. You have to have values. If you don't have a code, you know, if nothing else, you know, then 
you know, I just personally, I just don't think that the that you're going to do well in life, you know, if, with anything well, with anything that you do, because you have to have a standard, you have to have a code, you have to have all these things I just discussed, and a lot of those I think we got from our parents watching absolutely. them do certain things. They, and I think we've told them this numerous times, but I don't think they realize just how much of an effect, obviously, being around, like I mentioned earlier, mom and dad, and watching them do what they do or, or teach us certain things, you know. I mean, I remember when we were, we were younger, and we'd, they would say, oh, we're going to the grocery store, and don't you ask for anything, you know, kind of thing. And if you do, we're out. Or uh, we're going to a restaurant, and if you act up, we're out. And there's many a times when that actually occurred. They didn't, they didn't bluff us. They were they stuck true to their word this day and age. I don't believe families do that because a there's only one and And B they just don't follow through with the bluff whereas our parents <coughs> would <laughs> yeah. you, well, know. you know the the days of uh, you know sit your ass in the corner and stare at that wall Those days are gone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's now here, have an iPhone, shut up, don't bother me. Uh, well, you know, all this new technology, I mean, if we would have had that technology that we have right now, if we would have had that back when we were growing up, oh. do you think any of us would have it? Goodness because gracious. I, I recall, you know, mom and dad, plain and simple, they, they raised us to forge our own way in life. They gave us the values that we required, and we've all turned out fairly well. I mean, uh, you know, extremely well. You know, none of us are starving. None of us are, uh, you know, crying the blues to the uh, government that we need more, although we all do need more, <laughs> you know, because the government's taking it all away. But back then was a different time. Now it's the kid whines and they get whatever they want just to shut them up. Uh, it takes two parents to work, so who's raising the kids? Yeah. You know, our society has changed that much oh, that it's, it's hard on the younger generation, a lot harder than it was when we were growing up, although I'm sure we've all said, oh, this, this sucks, <laughs> you know? But if you look back at it, we had a great, yeah. you know? I mean, we had, a, uh, we had parents uh, that uh, taught us right from wrong, pointed us in the right direction, whether we liked it or not, wouldn't uh, give us what we wanted, they gave us what we needed, yeah. you know? And there's a big difference yeah. between want and need. That's a good way of looking at know? it, for sure, yeah. Uh, and now, it's give the kid what he wants. And that's plain and simple, and that's why we have our society. Well, yeah. I mean, I look at it that way. You know, this is why our society is the way it is. Yeah. I mean, you look at all these carjackings and everything, and people being shot in Toronto. I mean, I mean, Mitch Marner, of all people. It's crazy. That's retarded. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like carjackings. I mean, what's this all about? I mean, I understand that people are uh, stealing cars and making money. Times are tough. It's brutal. Right, times are tough because the situation right now with inflation is so high, people can't find jobs, supposedly. We just came through a, like a major pandemic, and supposedly, according to the Prime Minister, we're still in it, we're still deep in it, we're oh, like, absolutely. we're entrenched in it, yes. uh, you know, but yes. no other country is, but we are. But let's blame it all on Russia. Well, we'll blame it all on Russia and uh, everything else, the price of gas. Meanwhile, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, because a lot of people probably don't realize, if they've never ever heard it from anyone else, they can look it up on the internet, or you can look it up 
anywhere you want, but facts are facts. And Canada, we have the largest, or the, sorry, the third largest deposit of oil Absolutely. in the world. Our reserve is the third in the world. We should be having our own refineries, more of them. We should be living like basically the Saudis. I mean, our, our gas right now should be next to nothing. We should be exporting our oil from those refineries and making more money. Another thing we should be doing is a lot of people don't realize is our natural gas is the 17th largest deposit in the world. And once again, people can look that up as well. We should be exporting that as well. And we should be selling that at a, at a reduced price to the people in Canada, just because we have such abundance of it. And our government doesn't seem to think that, and I don't know why. These people get voted in by the, by the masses, but they don't do what's right for us. They should not do what's right for them. They have to do what's right for the people. That's why they're in power by the people, because we voted them in to do stuff for us, not take stuff away from us, That's but right. to give us stuff, to make our life better. And without you know, going on a huge rant, but I've said this to my wife before, and I've said it to other people. If ever you have someone come to your door, and I'm surprised no one's been at our door yet because there's an election coming up here in Canada, uh, provincial elections especially coming up in June, I would tell these people, ask them a simple question. What have you done for me to make my life better in the last four years? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. You're going to stump them because <laughs> they're going to literally say nothing. Yeah. They've done nothing. They haven't put money in my pocket. They haven't taken taxes away from me. They haven't done anything to make my life better. Actually, but, they, made it, they made it kind of worse because they're taking money out of my bank account. So they've got to put money back into it. These are the types of things that these government officials should be looking into. Oil, gas, and other means of making Canadians rich. But see, if you had somebody sitting here from the Liberal government, they would turn around and say they're putting money back in your pocket. 700 and some odd dollars a year. Woohoo! Really? Yeah. Well... <laughs> Yeah, not really, but yeah. that's what they're saying. Because <laughs> you know, they're all a bunch of liars. It's crazy. I mean, we vote, we vote them in, and that gives them the right to trade Canada off for their own purpose, for, for other countries' uh, you know, prosperity, and make us poor. I mean, at one time, I go back to the military. At one time, Canada was one of the biggest, largest navies in the world, largest air force in the world. I mean, we were third or something like that. I, I can't remember exactly uh, to, you know, to say for fact. But at one time, we were the largest. Wow. After World War I, World War II, we were the largest. And as soon as, we, as soon as the war was over, what did they do? They downgraded us. Yeah, they just started. They ripped us apart. Chopping things up. That's right. Yeah. And that's what they do. And that's what they've done as far back as I can ever remember. Wow. Uh, the, moment, the moment they have what we would think would be prosperous in our, you know, our pocket, then it goes to shit. Because all these other countries, they don't want Canada to be, you know, a governing country. They don't want us to be rich and all this. I mean, we have the biggest uh, wood, oil, gas, natural gas. Yeah. I mean, we are rich. We are filthy rich. And there is no reason for us to be living the way we're living. Exactly. Or in debt. Exactly. But I learned this a long time ago as well. When I was 17, taking a world politics class with, uh, with a teacher here in, in, the, uh, in our area. Anyway, he told us one of, the, one of the first few classes, he said, whenever you see a politician giving money away in any country, Remember 
that you'll have to pay that back with interest. Every dollar that you see going out has to be paid back by you and future generations. I was a 17-year-old kid at the time, and it really, really stuck in my, my head because uh, then it was um, Prime Minister Trudeau Sr. at the time. He actually went on a junket, and I think he went to China or somewhere like that. And anyway, he gave away like $29 million of Canadian money at the time over a weekend, and I thought, well, that seems like a lot of money. And when you're a young teenager, you kind of look back and go, wow, we're probably still paying for that now with interest, I'm sure. But uh, those, those dollars that go out have to be paid back by us, our, chi our children, our children's children, and that just the list goes on and on and on. But I always get a kick when they say the government gave such and such money. Like the other day, the government gave such and such to the Ukraine for money. Oh, it wasn't, billions. It wasn't the government. It was the taxpayers of this country. Make no mistake about it, that the government gets money from the taxpayers of this country. Our money is what pays other countries. That's just the way it works. It's not the government giving money away. It's the people in the government that's giving money away, but it's our money they're giving away. It's just how they word it is ridiculous, right? But all these little things that occur, especially things for like giving away money or putting, the hands, putting, putting our fate in the hands of someone else like the, uh, the WHO organization, the World Health Organization, uh, just the other day, they were talking about they're going to sign off that if there's ever another pandemic, that, that who takes over? The World Health Organization takes over our country. Uh, not just here, but any other country that signs up for that. It's like, hold on a second. We elected officials in this country to look after us. We didn't elect people in the who. That's my spin on it, is that we didn't elect anyone in the who to look after us to say, oh, by the way, you're in lockdown now. Shut down all your restaurants. Shut down all your businesses. Oh, I know you've been you know, open for 40 years, but that's okay. You'll shut that down and we'll just flush that business down the toilet. Who are they to tell other people in other countries what they should and shouldn't do, right? The leaders of this country, so-called leaders in this country, should be telling the citizens of this country what we should and should not be doing. Obviously, staying within in, in realm of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and not stealing our, our freedoms uh, away from us. Once again, we'll go back to freedom again. But anyway. But that's uh, where the government is. Our government that we elect, we vote in, are to be for Canada, not for any other country. We need to take care of our backyard. We need to clean up our shit exactly. and not worry about other countries. Now... It's a travesty what's happening, uh, you know, in Russia and uh, Ukraine. Absolutely, war is not a good thing. I know, because I've been there, you know. I dodged bullets. I dodged artillery, and I survived. I'm, I'm lucky, you know. But to turn around and, and blame everything on Russia, well, it's blinders. It, it, we need to take care of our own people. We need to get our country back on track and make us prosperous so that we can have a good life and, and not struggle from day to day. You know, to blame the, the gas prices and all this other rise in, in prices, whether it be food or whether it be, you know, everything and anything, and blame it on Russia, you're full of shit. You know, I don't yeah. believe any of that. And anybody who believes that it's Russia's fault? Yeah, I don't believe it. That's just my opinion, but I just don't believe it. No. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just, and they do it in the States too. They blame, every time you turn around, Biden's blaming Putin for everything. Um, yeah, there, there, there's a certain amount of responsibility has to be taken towards 
towards uh, other countries. I get that. But the leaders of the countries, Biden has to take responsibility for his country, and Trudeau has to take responsibility for our country because they're the leaders. And just the other day in the House, I was just listening about the tax, the taxation that they put on fertilizer for farmers. <laughs> the farmers are outraged. And, and he turns around and says, oh, it's because... We get it from Russia? Yeah. It's something <laughs> like, oh, we, we, oh we're, we're taxing Russia. It's like, so we get penalized because of another leader, what he decides to do in this world. It's kind of crazy when you think about it because the citizens of this country shouldn't be penalized for what happens somewhere else. I mean, I remember years ago, back in the 90s, when the Iraq war was going on with the, the states in Iraq, uh, you know, our gas prices go up because an oil, an oil well got blown over or something. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know, our, our, our prices of gasoline went through the roof because a, a refinery or something got, got nicked with a, you know, with a truck. It's like, come on. Yeah. It just it used to piss me off. It's like, and it's still happening this day, but for some reason, I think people just feed into this. They just keep feeding into this nonsense. I just think it's horseshit that, you know, every time something happens outside the world, we pay. Right? Absolutely. It's like our carbon tax. You were just saying about the size of, of Canada a little while ago, but this, about our military and stuff. I've always said this, I've said it on different podcasts, that the size of Canada, we absorb carbon, but yet we pay carbon tax. It's insane. It's always been insane. I, I just think it's ridiculous, but we're on this Paris Accord agreement along with the rest of the countries, and China and Russia aren't even in the accord. I don't think China even kicks into like uh, 2032 or 2033. I have to probably check that. But they're not even involved in it, but yet they're, they're one of the biggest polluters. And Canada, our landmass is so huge, we absorb that carbon with our bogs, our trees, our grass, um, swamps, all that stuff, all the greenery in Canada and the landmass, we absorb that, that carbon. And then those greeneries put O2 back into the atmosphere. So we're literally taking other people's carbon. We should be getting a rebate as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, here's a here's a I'm going to go back to the uh, fertilizer thing. Oh. OK, yeah. So what you're saying, OK, and I did say we need to take care of our own shit. We need to clean up our shit in our backyard. But here we are getting shit from Russia. I mean, fertilizer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Fertilizer. fertilizer. I remember. I mean, I don't recall. Our uh, uncle, God rest his soul. Ever. Getting fertilizer. getting fertilizer from Russia. Yeah, I think he just uh, got he, it from the old pole barn there. I think he there. got it from his own cattle. <laughs> yeah. So what is wrong with that? Like, what, we got to buy their shit? I mean... Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, where I live right now, I got, uh, I got a neighbor across the road. He's a farmer. And that's what he does. You can smell the fertilizer as he's driving... I mean, he's spreading his own shit. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, he's yeah. not getting it from Russia. No. So why do we need to get fertilizer from Russia? Like... Where is the logic in that? We have farmers in Canada. We have farmers in Alberta. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, why is this, why are we getting oil and crap from Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I know. You know, it, it's, it's bullshit. Just, it's just wild. Well, it's no different than the, 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 we're talking about oil from Alberta. It's no different than the pipeline, the, uh, key, the Keystone pipeline that Biden trashed when he got into power. Right? We well, all knew that was going to happen. Well, they were, they were, they were going to be uh, taken down, I think, 800... It was 800,000 800, or 8,000, I'd have to look it up, barrels of oil in that pipeline per day from Alberta that Canadians would be pumping down into the States. Oh, let's just stop that. Yeah, we don't want to make any money, right? That's, that's like owning your own business and just going, no, we don't want to make any money. We're good here. See, these countries, I think, have to run things like somewhat of a business as well because if they don't, they're missing the, the whole bag, right? And... Uh, 
I think sometimes too that these these politicians when they when they say something, if they don't stick to their word, there should be some type of a bill passed, some some contract that if they don't pass their bill or pass what they say they're going to pass or do what they say they're going to do, sorry, they should be ousted within like you know six months or a year. Yeah, it's just ridiculous because these people not just in Canada, but down the States as well. They say they're going to do something, and then they get into power, and they don't do it. I think it's disgusting. It doesn't show very good character in, on people, you know, when they, when they say they're going to do something, and they don't. Well, you've got to be held accountable. So, <clears throat> you know, you're going to uh, have elections. It's going on right now. Uh, you know, the uh, NDP, the Liberals, and uh, uh, Conservatives, they're making promises. Okay. I'm a firm believer, and I've said this a million times. We hold you to your promise, and you have one year. Yeah. I mean, you're in power for four years. Yeah. Okay. So give you a year and a half. You start coming on, uh, coming through with all your promises, and you're good to go. Yeah. But if it takes you two years, you're out of there. Next contestant up. Yeah. Next one with the highest votes you know, or something absolutely. takes that slot. And sooner or later, these people, are, these people that we vote in are finally going to get it. Yeah. Because right now, uh, we have the Liberal government and the NDP who are throwing us down under the bus, under the bus. so far, <laughs> we're not going to get out of it. I know, it's crazy. You know? And then they, then they turn around and talk about our, our children and our children's children. I mean, they're talking about the future. What future? They've got us so far in debt, our kids and their kids don't have a future. And, but they can stand there and bold-faced lie, say... We're doing everything for Canadians. We've done this. We've done that. You haven't done shit for me. Yeah. You've done nothing for me. Yeah. You know, and all you do is lie. I mean, I watch this stuff on TV and, and, and watch it on Facebook and stuff like that, and they never answer a question. No. It's a they word run around. Yeah, they run around. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, they talk about, uh, you know, the convoy, evoking the uh, Emergency Act. Yeah. <laughs> It's been stated the RCMP and the police did not request it. Yeah, that's right. They did talk about what can we do. That's right. And then you've got stupid from the liberals stand up and say, no, this is what they said. No, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't say that. He didn't say that at yeah. all. And it was proven Watch that the they hearing. didn't. Watch the hearing, that, 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 that what they said, and uh, they did not say that. Yeah, but so. then, you know, you, you know as well as I do. You know, our government lies. I don't trust any of them. Now, yes, I'm going to vote, and I'm going to vote for who I think 100%. is going to do a great job. I hope would do a great job. But they should be held accountable because you got anybody on this street that scams other people, and our government is scamming us. Yeah, but you got people that are on this street that scam, for example, the elderly. They're caught. They're gone to jail. 100%. Why, why isn't our government held accountable and sent to jail? Because they're doing exactly what? They're above us? No one should be above the law, brother. No one you, should be above the law. You turn around and, you know, I made this comment uh, a while back. The reason why they don't give a rat's ass, because they don't pay for it. You've got idiot that flies wherever he wants. Who pays for that? We all do. We do, yeah. not him. No. Have you ever seen him and his wife ever go shopping? 
No. Absolutely not. No. So he doesn't care about any of these things that we, the normal human being, have to care about and have, care to, wor about. have to worry about. Our Canadian citizens, and I don't care if you came from Afghanistan, you're in Canada, you put your hand up, you swore an oath, you're a Canadian. Period, yeah. You live in Canada, you're a Canadian. You no longer live in Afghanistan. You no, live, no, no longer live in Russia, Ukraine, Germany. You live in Canada. And how dare you turn around and try to change Canada and don't allow us to prosper? And that's our government. That's everybody that's turning a blind eye to what's going on. Yeah. And I always say, don't give a rat's ass. You yeah. know? And I know that's a silly little saying, but it's true to a fact. And I've said it a million times. I said it when I was in the military because I, the military to me, we're governed by politicians. Our hierarchy are politicians. I've said it about my own brother because he was an RSM. He's a politician because he has to deal with a colonel. He's a politician because he has to adhere to what our government and our brigade commanders and everything else are saying. So they're politicians. So somewhat, somewhat political, eh? Oh, somewhat, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a farce. You know, only, only uh, these are just for our ears. Don't pass this on to the troops. They don't need to know this. Bullshit. Bullshit. You got troops going in to harm's way, doing an 18-hour patrol, foot patrol, crossing wadis, being shot at, possible IEDs, and you're not going to tell them why? You're not going to give them the information they require? Bullshit. I never listened to that. I told my troops what needed to be said. I don't care. It is what it is. I'm not a politician. I'm a leader, and I lead, and I led. Nowhere did I ever say that I'm a politician. So they should be held accountable. Yeah, 100%. You got the, you know, with the scandals that are going on right now, you got an individual stands out in front of a whole battalion or a whole brigade, and he says, zero tolerance, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, sexual harassment. And what's happening in this world right now with yeah. some of our generals? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's... And this uh, is a guy I used to give cigarettes to. <laughs> hey, sir, you got to smoke? Seriously? It's like, uh, like I was saying earlier there about when I took world politics in, in high school, another thing that our teacher told us too was basically two things make this world go round. Uh, one's political, or well, yeah, one's political and one's economical. So those two, two things basically, that's what drive this world. A lot of people don't maybe realize that, but that's the way it works. Because you're either in a, a political type scenario or you're in an economical type scenario. And sometimes you're in both, right? But I think what we just discussed there about about leaders when they say things that they're going to do, these political leaders that run for office, and like if they don't follow through with what they're what they say they're running for, yeah, someone should, someone needs to pass a bill and pass one quick. That it should call it whatever you want, the accountability bill, or whatever, a no nonsense bill or whatever. Think of something because they like passing bills. Why not pass one like that? Because uh, 
Ford just passed a bill in Ontario uh, right after the truckers were here about uh, it's illegal to uh, protest now. That Bill C-100. So there's our freedom, God. Yeah, so it's illegal to protest. And if you're in your car, they can take your car. They can not only take your car, they can take your house. I mean, it goes on and on. And you kind of go, well, where's the freedom for being able to peacefully protest? And like I've always said, too, don't get me wrong, is that in Ottawa, from what I saw, from people on the streets with their own cameras, uploading it to YouTube videos, and I watched it, it wasn't C CBC or CTV or any of those stations, it was people on the, on the ground with their phones, watching stuff with my own eyes unfold, I knew that they were peaceful. I knew for a fact they were a peaceful, peaceful group. Of, I had, well, we had family members that were actually there, feeding us information about how peaceful it was. I mean, people were singing, they're playing road hockey yeah. in the street. They, and then people would argue the fact, because there's, there's always going to be haters. Haters are everywhere, which is that's just the way this world works. They'll and say also planters. Yeah, there's planters too. But they said there was no, there was no road for emergency travel. When in fact there was. Their whole time they were there, there was a road open for emergency travel. If anyone was in trouble, that road was open for that specific purpose to make sure that, that uh, police and ambulances or fire would not be impeded. They they kept that open, and of course all the other lies that were told about the person that was on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, that had nothing to do with the truckers, that just came out. The other one was the people that were burning uh, something in the foyer of one of the hotels or something. They th said that was truckers, that's a lie. They also said that there was guns found in the, in the truck, supposedly, uh, in Ottawa, that was a lie. So they're, they're kind of throwing shit to the wall to see what sticks. And all those things that they said are did not stick. Anyway, getting back to my original my original thought, the people in Ottawa were peaceful. Now, the people in Windsor and the people in Alberta, when they were closing down the borders, that's an illegal act as far as I'm concerned. Those people, I know they, in their mind, they thought they were doing the right thing from, the, from what they had to do. So they did what they had well, to they do. They were making a stand. They were making a stand. And they, by doing so, they also stopped commerce and blah, blah, blah. So indirectly, yeah, that was a law break. And a lot of other people would probably say that. But Ottawa... You'll never, ever convince me that that was not a peaceful protest from the information that I have and what I've seen with my own eyes. And any politician or anyone that watched that whole thing and says that it was anything other than peaceful, prove to me that it wasn't. Well, here's the other thing to uh, go along with what you're saying. There was quite a few of them that were down there that are uh, ex-military. Oh, yeah, 100%. And uh, I follow a couple of them. One of them uh, used to work for me for, uh, for years. Uh, we'd done tours together and everything else. And he's already told me that there was, you know, no issues. Uh, the monument. Now, I fought for that. All those soldiers that are down there, do you think for one minute that a soldier is going to allow that monument to be desecrated? Absolutely not. Nope. You know, they guarded that. And when they found out what went on, they sorted it out, they cleaned it out. Now, you take, you take 10 people. Out of those 10 people, you're going to have one person that's not altogether on the same path yeah. as these other nine. Of course. So... Take a thousand people, mm -hmm. and you're going to have twenty 
that have got their own agenda. Yeah. Now, you take 2,000, and you... So, I mean, it just keeps going on and on. Of course. Because not everybody's walking the same path. They're looking at things the same way. Of course. So they insert people. The government, and you think that's a, I mean, people could turn around and call it conspiracy theory, whatever. They plant shit because they want to make us look bad or they want to make the protesters look bad in everybody's eyes. Yeah. The lies that uh, come over the news and people just got blinders on. It's bullshit. It's crap. Yeah, well, the first, uh, the very first day, of course, it's just my opinion, but I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me that the, the person that basically had the swastika the very first day on the flag, there was one picture of that guy and one picture only, and that was the very, very first day, probably within the first hour. I think the guy probably just jumped out of a vehicle, you know, waved the flag quickly for a photo op, jumped back in the vehicle and scooted away. Next thing you know, there was numerous swastikas. There was, there was plural, swastikas oh, yeah. everywhere and uh, rubble flags everywhere. Meanwhile, it was just that one day and one day only. It was something for them to cling to because they knew in their hearts that these people were peacefully protesting. They were taking a, 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 a page right out of Martin Luther King's book to be peaceful, to protest peacefully and to do everything with, you know, with a peaceful mind of not being aggressive, right? All of a sudden, then they called in the emergency act for some reason, no one, all of a sudden, no one knows who called in that act. And, uh, well, we all know who called in the act. Yeah. So I mean, call, we all know who called in the act. I mean, let's be serious about that. Yeah. So they called in the act. And, uh, then what I saw was violence. I saw violence from the people that were pushing around those veterans and, and other Canadian citizens who were peacefully protesting. Those people created violence. Those people broke the law. They need to be held accountable. That's just my humble opinion. But when I saw the veterans being, being attacked and the Canadian citizens being attacked, I, it sickened me. It really did. When I watched that, when people were showing that stuff with their phones, it sickened me. Because, once again, I'm a big freedom guy, and our grandfather, you know, was in World War One, and along with 61,000 people who lost their lives in World War One, the uh, Canadians who lost their lives in World War One, they fought for freedom. They fought for our ability to speak freely, as far as I'm concerned, to be able to to stand up for we, what we know to be right and stand up for what we know to be wrong and to be able to have a voice and hopefully be able to tell our kids or our kids' kids, our grandchildren, and say, listen, this is what it's like to be free. And, you know, going back again into the 60s, John F. Kennedy, he says, the great revolution in the history of man, past, present, and future, is the revolution of those determined to be free. He was the 35th president of the United States, John F. Kennedy. How true is that? I mean, this is all through history about freedom. And all of a sudden... Our, our, our uh, own government has a problem with freedom, but yet they prop up the Ukraine and the Ukraine is, is, is wanting their own sovereignty. Well, that's freedom. To be a sovereign state is freedom. So, so they do want freedom. Like, they're really confusing the shit out of me. I don't know if they want us to have freedom or they don't want us to have freedom, but it's the people's right to be, God-given right to have freedom, period. Well, here's the thing. Every war that Canada's been involved in, it hasn't even been in Canada. You know, it's been in Europe. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, like, we go to other countries to fight for them. Yeah. And that's another thing. You know, you know, for thousands of years, there's been wars. Thousands of years, there's been wars over, you know, well, you know. Power. Power. Religion. Yeah, power, religion, all kinds of stupid shit. And this has been going on for thousands of years. And this is the year 2022, and, and they're still having wars? Like... 
over, over land or, or religion or power or whatever. It's like, this shit's got to stop. I mean, what kind of a message are we sending to anyone in, anyone in, in your family? Children, grandchildren, whoever, and say, oh, it's okay. Yeah, we're going to go and kill these people because don't, we don't agree with them or they don't agree with us or, oh, they're, you know, they're praying to the wrong God and we've got to kill those people. It's insane. When you think it's been it. happening for thousands of years, know, it's I mean, insane. We're talking back in the uh, 14, 1500 for crying out loud, it's not going to change. It's crazy. You know, we're talking religious crap. Um, here's here's the other thing. I fought for this flag, along with so many others before me, with me, and those that are going to be after me. Fought for this flag. But you know, it's okay to burn that flag. Yeah. But now this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt because I'm going to say it. Don't, don't you dare burn an LBGQ flag. Don't you, you'll go to jail. Yeah. But you can burn a Canadian flag because that's your God-given right. No, 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 no. That's not your God-given right to burn our national flag, you bunch of hypocrites. It's not. People fought and died for that. People stood there in harm's way for that flag. And you have the audacity to burn it, to make a statement. You want to make a statement? Go to Ottawa. Stand in front of the prime minister. Make your point of view. You know, choose properly. You want to make a statement. Choose properly when it comes to voting. And don't turn around and say, well, I didn't vote. Well, then you're a hypocrite. Don't. You got nothing to say in this fight, yeah. you know, because this yeah. dog ain't going to bark. Yeah. Well, same, with, same thing with what you're saying about the flags there. They do the same thing in the States, right? They burn their flag, and, then, of course, veterans will even say, well, you know, that's their, that's their right to be free to, to be able to do that. I personally think it's outrageous, but they will argue the fact or legalities of it, and they'll say, oh, well, that's their, that's their right to do so. They're, they're free to do that, and they'll do the same thing here in Canada. But like you said... If you do it to some other flag, whatever, it's, but it's you, hypocritical. But it's no different than when they did the, the uh, Terry Fox statue, right? They, they, they draped him with a Canadian flag. And, um, but that was a patriot thing. Yeah, but they made it sound like they desecrated it. Meanwhile, yeah. they de no, they desecrated Sir John A. Macdonald's statue. They desecrated Queen Elizabeth's statue. Like, they literally lopped the head off and, and threw, you know, red paint on it and knocked it over. That's a desecration of a statue, but that's okay. And they also did the LGBTQ flag on Terry Fox few years back they did that but that was okay that was okay that, i mean it's like because you said the hypocritical part of it's just ridiculous yes. right but that's where you look at uh, you know our society the way things are going and i'm gonna say it a white anglo-saxon has no right to say a thing in this country because we're not part of that organization uh you know that that lbgq indigenous Blacks, Asians, they have more rights than we do as a white Anglo-Saxon. I was born and raised in Canada. You know, where was our grandparents from? Well, two of them from England. Yeah. I understand all that, but I'm not here to, to cause trouble. I'm here to live a life, to have a life, to live a life. You know, I'm not here to, to uh, you know, cut people down or make fun of people or burn things up or destroy things that are not mine. Yeah. You know? And that's the problem. 
everybody wants a piece of that pie. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, big thing. With life. The big yeah. The big thing too is, uh, you know, basically everything's everything's controversial, right? Doesn't matter what you talk about these days. Everything's a big controversy, and uh, even my YouTube channel, um, you know, they send me stuff all the time. But one of the things is if, is you can't be controversial. Certain things that I've posted, it's, so they say it's controversial. Well, anything that we're to talk about or anything that anyone can talk about, you could talk to your own wife about, or I could talk to my wife about it. Anything's controversial. Depends. If you bring up a subject, I can find the, you know, con, the, the, there's always pros and cons in a conversation, good and the bad and the ugly. We could talk about it and just, I could, you know, you could say something about whatever and I could just boom, hammer you. And it's like, whoa, that's a little controversial, isn't it? Right? Well, of course it is. Cause everything is right now. There's the, the, um, the abortion issue down in the states. I mean, another issue is about you know racism. I mean, people throw the word racism racism around, like you know, like it's Whatever like it it's, suits them. it's like candy, yeah. right? It's like I always like you know Martin Luther King's quote when he said about he wants his kids to judge be judged by the strength of their character, not the color of their skin. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that goes with everybody, and I've always said I don't care if you're purple or green or yellow, black or blue. It don't matter to me. What kind of a person are you? What kind of a human being are you? Well, are you a good person? Are you a shitty person? Uh, you know, how do you, you treat other people? How do you treat other people? How do you treat anybody? How yeah. do you treat the waitress when you go to a restaurant? Treat them like dog shit? Well, chances are you probably treat other people like dog shit and you're just an asshole or whatever, right? But these are the things that I look for in someone's character. What's your character like? What's that person's character? Would you go have a cup of coffee with them? Would you go shoot the shit with them? Would you go and, you know, have a round of golf with them and spend a few hours swinging the clubs? Well, or wouldn't you? And if you wouldn't, if the answer is no, then, then he's, not your, he's not your cup of tea or she. You know, let, let's do a little background here. First of all, I grew up with a lot of colored friends. 100%. My best friends were black mm -hmm. growing up. But for some My reason, first girlfriend was black for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, but for some reason, though, Ken, somebody... I'm would, a racist. Yeah, somebody, Absolutely, somebody yeah, would flip yeah. that around you and say you're a racist. Well, of course. I've dated black women as well when I was younger. But people, people go, well, yeah, you're a racist now. It just it blows my mind Yeah, I that mean, people just throw around too loosely. It's such, a, it's such a loose term, you know, that people throw this term around. And it actually drives me nuts because you hear it in the news all the time. You hear it in the, uh, down the States a lot. You hear it in our own country a lot. Um... Uh, yeah, it's even our own well, prime minister saying stuff like that. It's ridiculous. See, even in, even in the military, I mean, you have people of all different ethnic backgrounds. I mean, we have indigenous, we, you know, Newfoundlanders, excellent. You know, we have people in the military from all different backgrounds. Now, I have a masked corporal who, uh, who happens to be indigenous. Well, he's no longer a masked corporal. He's a, I believe he's a, Warrant officer now. Anyway, I can turn around and say, let's go, Chug. Nothing wrong with that because he knows me. We're friends. Now, I wouldn't do that to uh, an, an indigenous person that I come across on the street because I'm not rude. I'm not ignorant. You know, uh, I would say hi. There's people that I golf with that are indigenous, and I treat them with respect. They treat me with respect. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. 100%. I am nowhere near a racist, but I listen to this every day, and I get tired 
of hearing it every day. You know, I got it. I mean, I understand. I wasn't born back then when all this crap was going on. I don't agree with it to this day, but enough is enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's time to get on with life. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a dirty, shitty part of history that uh, happened down in the states, and of course, it's happening in Canada. And if people doesn't if people don't think there is racism in this <laughs> world, then they're probably living in a dream world because there is racism in this world. There, oh, are, people, there, there are people that are racist, well, and that's just the way it, that's just the way it is. But I just don't like the way it's thrown around such such a loose suit their knees. Just exactly, just kind of whatever narrative they want to throw at you, they just oh, you're racist, you yeah. know, whatever. I don't like it. Doesn't wash with me. And uh, never has, and uh, it's almost like that's their hail mary in well, a in a in a football game. That's their last last ditch effort to maybe win an argument or or shut you up. They just throw that long pass and hopefully they, you know get a touchdown. Oh, you're a racist, and then shut you down. It's like no. Well, here's the here's the other thing that uh, you know, and it's been on the news uh, the last little while where the individual uh, came in and shot uh, uh, randomly shot ten ten blacks in Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Terrible. They're terrible. calling that a terrorist act. That wasn't terrorist. That wasn't terrorism. Okay. That was racial driven. Yeah, probably. Because he focused on one ethnic organization, which were the blacks. Yeah. Okay. Terrorism, they don't care what color you are, they don't care your ethnic background. They try to take out as many civilians as possible to make a political statement. Yeah. And they don't and care. And put the fear into the population. They don't give a rat's ass about ethnic. Yeah. That's, that's the definition of, I mean, I'm not utilizing word for word. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but that's what terrorism is. They don't, racial, care, what, uh, they don't care what color you are or no, what background you are. They just want They're making a political, political statement. statement yeah. That's what they're doing. They're making a political statement, and they're taking out as many people or trying to create havoc, yeah. you know, and, and putting the fear into people. That's terrorism. Now, our government can put whatever spin on it they want, but terrorists do exactly that, okay? They don't go after, well, let's hit the black community today. Yeah. They don't do that. They say, where can we do the most damage? And we don't care who's there. We don't care who's running in that subway. Yeah. We want to destroy as many people as we possibly can to make a statement. Yeah. Where... This individual came from wherever he came, traveled that distance yeah. with a plan yeah. to kill as many blacks as possible. That's racist. Yeah, and I also heard that he uh, had mental issues as well. Oh, that, no was, that was well documented, and they knew about him prior to that too, supposedly. But uh, he didn't do anything. Got to no, wait no, for him to kill people nothing before was we done. Can do anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also read about the the other fellow down in California that. Um, killed all the people that were, were they Taiwanese or Chinese or something like that? He, and he killed them in the, a church or something. It wasn't yeah. in California. But no one really heard about that. And I'm just kind of brushing over it. But, yeah, like he, he killed a lot of people as well. But I guess since he wasn't, they weren't black or they weren't white, nothing was said about it, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, human beings are human beings. A human life is a human life. And that's just the way it is. And war, a lot of other people don't look at it that way. War is war. And we go to war for different reasons. And to fight against another soldier is one thing. But to kill innocent people, 
That is totally different. Yeah, that's got nothing to do with war. Like you just said, it's terrorism. That's, that's, that's right. You just, that's terrorism in a nutshell. When you start taking out people that have literally nothing to do with anything, but you're just doing it to terrorize a community or terrorize a nation or whatever, that's just wrong on so many levels. Most, I don't even know where to start. Most of that is racial driven. Uh, you know, so you, they got to stop throwing that word out there because none of it is actually making sense. Now, 9-11, that was terrorism. That was a terrorist attack. Huge. You know? Huge. So people got to understand that the words that our government are using are putting fear into you, and they're utilizing these words incorrectly. You know? I mean, they called, yeah. they called uh, you know, the convoy all these names. Oh, yeah. Which is wrong. You know? Our government alone says things to make everybody go, oh, my God, which is all wrong. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. Like you were just talking about, uh, I'm just looking for a freedom thing here. I have to be my own, uh, my own producer here, too, Ken. I got to do all my own uh, internet, Absolutely. internet surfing here as we're talking. Absolutely. But, uh, Oh, that's one there about, uh, that video there was on Elon Musk talking about uh, freedom. Freedom of speech. Freedom of uh, being, a <laughs> saying something that, to somebody that, that, that you don't like, something that uh, they don't want to hear. That's, that was uh, in a nutshell. But I have a lot of different things here in regards to uh, freedom. Those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. That was Abraham Lincoln that said that. A man who believes in freedom will do anything under the sun to acquire or preserve his freedom. Malcolm X said that. And, of course, the other one with Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy we just talked about earlier. Whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. Now, that's an interesting uh, quote by Benjamin Franklin because they're doing it in the States and they're doing it in Canada. Right now, well, down in the States, they tried to do it with that, um, what is it, Minister, Ministry of Truth? Did you see that one? <laughs> she just stepped down yesterday, right? Like, she, like, packed it in. You never heard, you know, the, what they call her, the Mary Poppins or Mary whatever? Mary Poppins. She's, like, about a lie. It's a lie, a lie, a lie. Singing is like, oh, my goodness, what a, <laughs> that was unbelievable. Anyway, so they're trying to do the same thing in the States as they're doing in Canada, and they kind of marry up to it with each other when, when you think about it. They do, they Whatever happens in the States kind of happens in Canada and vice versa, but they're kind of, it's almost like they have the same playbook, right? Yeah, January 6th in the States, they had our Ottawa truckers up here in Canada. It's almost like the government, as soon as people step up and go, hey, we don't like what you're doing, the government's like, well, we don't like what you're saying, and we got to shut you down. So down. they did, you know, Bill C-10 was the internet bill, and uh, it didn't pass. Now they're doing Bill C-11, which once again is the internet bill. They want to control the internet. They want to control what we hear, what we say, stuff that I'm doing right now, for so instance. If, just, you're, if you're controlled, is that freedom? Negative. Okay. So these are things that we've been saying and I've been saying. We're being controlled. There is no freedom anymore. I said this right off the bat. Yeah. And that, it's wrong to be controlled on what you can say, what you can uh, see, what you can read. Lord, love a duck. Exactly. It's brutal. Exactly. It's like another little quote here from uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. He says, if you want total security, go to prison. There you'll be fed, clothed, given medical care, and so on. The only thing lacking is freedom. 
this stuff has been going on, like I said, for as long as I can remember. And, and why our own government doesn't see that, it, oh, they sh see it. it, it shocks me. They see it. Because if they had their freedom taken away, it'd be a whole new ballgame, right? If you literally had took away everything that they cared, cared about or loved, then it'd be a whole different ballgame. Because where would they be if they don't have their freedom? But here's the thing. They are not being controlled. We are. We, the people, are being controlled by our government and other forces out there. So, yes, I'm going to go with the WEF. Yes, You're I'm going to go with the New World Order. Going there with the old WEF and the well, New World Order. That's, that's what this is. This is how it all started. I mean, the, the WEF, the head of the WEF, stated. Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. He stated, you will have nothing. And like it. And you will like it. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening. It, it's, it's not happening like right now, but it's happening over a period of time. And it's gradual. So people really don't see something that's gradual. They see something that happens right away. Yeah. But over a period of time, you get accustomed to it. Yeah. So, I mean, our high gas prices. I was going to say, price of gas is a prime example. Well, that's right. Our high gas prices, our food prices, everything. I mean, taxes up the hoop. We're not liking it, but we're living with it. Yeah. Because, you know, what are we doing? We're doing nothing about it. Yeah. And our government's not allowing us to do anything about it because yeah. we have no freedom. They're controlling the narrative. Yeah. So what kind of life is that? Like, it's like they're slowly putting, like, pebbles on the camel's back. A little pebble at a time, and sooner or later, there's enough pebbles on there that poor camel's back gets broken. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Yeah. It's the same. It's literally, it's, it's a crazy analogy, but it's true because slowly, slowly, that's what happens. The, f the funny thing, as soon as you said that, it took me back to a moment in time, and I won't mention the gentleman's name, but he's gonna, if he's listening, he'll know. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were on a patrol once, just to uh, let you know about the rocks on the camel's back. We were on a exercise and we were uh, patrolling and we're carrying this rucksack and the rucksack it's in the winter time and it's it's heavy well we'd stop every once in a while for a five minute t uh, break we drink some water and i would take rocks and i would stick it in uh, the pouches in his rucksack oh. <laughs> so we'd start walking again and we'd uh, we'd stop again for another 10 minutes or so and I would pick up more rocks and put it in his rucksack and it got heavier as time went on and there was a point in time that he bent right over and he's going oh my god this thing's getting heavier he says we're gonna have to stop but he doesn't realize that I'm putting these rocks in his rucksack because we were getting mad at him right <laughs> so I just had to throw that out there uh -huh. <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one oh goodness anyway yeah, so, anyway, it went from a lot of different things there in a short period of time. So, is there anything else that you've seen in the news that you wanted to throw here today? We'll talk a little bit about it, or? Well, not really. I'm just, uh, you know, like a lot of people out there, I'm kind of disgusted at uh, the way things are going. Uh, we got to be able to stand up for what we believe in what our rights are, what our freedoms are before they're uh, totally gone. And we need to stand up, take notice, be noticed, and get our point across, get our views out there. How do we do that? Well, at this moment in time, we're kind of at a standstill. <laughs> you know? 
So we are at a standstill for sure. For sure. Uh, it's pretty sad. Our world is in a sad state. Well, I, got, I did a podcast there not too long ago, of course, about WEF and, and the, uh, the New World Order. And people would say, oh, well, yeah, it's, you're a conspiracy junkie or blah, blah, blah. But the problem with that being is there's actually evidence that I showed on my <clears throat> podcast about all the different presidents over time and secretaries of state uh, were actually talking about the New World Order. So it's not a figment of someone's imagination. It's, well, an, actual, it's an actual fact. They, yeah. they eventually want to have one world government, right? And uh, that's just my, that's my belief from what I've seen, the information that I've, that I've seen. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and if somebody strays from that, it's like Elon Musk doing the Twitter thing. When he, when he per I did the podcast on that. My last podcast was on, on Elon buying Twitter, but I think it's on hold now because I think he looked under the hood and he realized that uh, there's a lot of bots in Twitter, right? So they're not really human beings. And actually, it's funny because uh, supposedly Biden, his Twitter, his Twitter account has like 22 million uh, people following him, but I think they said like over half of that are all bots, if not more. They're figuring they're all just robots, right? So they're not human beings. Elon Musk needs to have human beings because to run a business, you need to have human beings because if they advertise bots, you know, robots, bots, they can't buy, they can't purchase stuff because <laughs> they're bots, right? Anyway, it's funny because they, everyone was up in arms when he first purchased Twitter, yeah. freaking out because now it's like, oh, he's going to have control over elections and he's going to have this and that and the other thing. And, oh, he's got the, he's wielding the power of the, of the, the microphone now. And well, now that he's, put it on hold, their stock has dropped, and now they're, they're saying, oh, well, he's going to have to be charged now because he's not buying it. It's like, the poor guy can't win. He can't win for losing, right? It's like, he even told them, here's a billion dollars. If I opt out, I'll give you a billion. Even if I buy it, I'll add another billion to the 43 billion I've already paid for it. That's not chump change. But now he's like, hey, hold on a second. You guys aren't who you say you are, kind of thing, right? So... That's why it's kind of on hold. That's, you probably heard that in the oh, news, yeah. news yeah. recently. But he's all about freedom of speech as well, right? And he's all about people's ability and just to say certain things, right? As long as, like we discussed earlier, as long as it's not some hateful, nasty shit. But, you know, within reason, it, you're not breaking the law. You're just uh, speaking your mind and you're speaking what's coming, coming true to what you believe to be true. Anyway, it's funny how the flip side of the coin, uh, when was it uh, 20, yeah, 2020 when Twitter was run by uh, the CEO then and, the, and all their people, they literally put a kibosh on the New York Times article when they brought forth about the Hunter Biden laptop. They put that forward and Twitter basically slammed their account down and they stopped them from printing those links. And that was just a few months before the actual election. Well, that's... That's criminal. That's not right, right? But they were just blaming that on, saying that Elon could do the same thing. Well, he could control election. Well, <clears throat> they did the same thing they're accusing him of. So that's hypocritical, once again. So what they're saying is if, he, if they can control the narrative, i.e., uh, you know, yeah. the election, yeah. then did they do that when it was Biden and Trump uh, running? Uh, well, this is, this is, this could is what... Could they not do that Well, then? this is the thing, right? And there's actually, there's a documentary on right now, and the guys that... Uh, the guy that put it out, his name is Dinesh D'Souza. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. You've heard of 2,000 Mules? It's called 2,000 Mules. I think I've heard of it, but I'm huge, not sure. Huge, huge in the States. I'll just kind of give you a, kind of the Coles Notes version of it. 
anyway, basically they took they took three states, and people go, oh well, it's election, you know, tampering or whatever you want to call it. But in his documentary, this is his documentary that they they called the mules, but there were people that had um, uh, voting slips, right? So they had the check mark on them, kind of thing, blah yeah. blah blah. So they'd go to a box, the same box that that Trump said that were illegal. He's basically saying, oh, well, you're just going to have, you're going to have fraud, blah, blah, blah. Those boxes. Anyway, people were going to these boxes and they were putting in like hundreds of, of voting papers, hundreds of them, not yeah, just yeah. one, but hundreds. Then they'd stand back and they'd take a picture of the, of them doing it because they don't get paid if they don't show, you know, show the people that are, that gave them the, the, the ballots that they're actually dropping them in the boxes. So the people actually didn't just go to one box. They went to dozens of boxes, sometimes 50, sometimes 60 boxes in one night from like 2 o'clock in the morning till about 6. Then you kind of say, well, how do, you, how do they know that? Because they followed their phones, their geo, their geo signal from their phones, from their cell phones. So they picked three states, only three. Those were the three swing states. And there was 2,000 of them that they had, 2,000 mules. They actually had video footage of them dropping these, bo- dropping these ballots off and they were falling on the ground and... Anyway, so that's how they did it. They did it with their, with their cell phones. And they said, well, how, did, you know, how accurate is that? Well, <laughs> funny you should ask. Because one time uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Senate, I think one of the senators asked when um, people were getting um, bombed in like Iraq or Afghanistan or whatnot with those smart missiles. They were like, well, how are you finding these, how are you finding these terrorists? Well, with their cell phones. Well, how accurate are those? And they said, oh, it's within like a square meter. That's how accurate the cell phone signal is, right? So anyway, 2,000 mules, that's how they tracked them. They actually tracked one individual that went to like 50 or 60 boxes in one night. And they know it was that individual because your phone is tracked to you. And wherever you go, they know it's you and where you go. So anyway, they went, they expanded on that. Then they went nationwide. There was 54,000 mules and there was roughly almost 900,000 ballots they figured were, were dumped in those boxes. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's basically it in a nutshell. And people go, well, how, how do they even know that? Well, supposedly, when they were getting all this data, these people, when they were collecting all this data from cell phone data, which is, you can't deny it because you actually could see them <clears throat> going around from place to place. There was a young girl that was, I guess, accidentally shot in some drive-by shooting. And they had no leads. But the people who had this data, I guess it was three, two or three cell phones that were in that area, pointing in that general area, the only area that that, that house was shot from. And so these people that had the data gave it to the FBI, and the FBI found those people, found those two dudes and charged them with, the, with that murder. So that's how they found them. Yeah. So if they could find those dudes just by going, yeah, it's... Here's the number. Those two guys were in that area. You just go talk to them. Boom. Right? Done. So why don't they do the same thing with this one? But basically, that's what it is in a nutshell. So how do you dispute that? People can argue all they want, and they can be haters all they want. But if someone goes to a house and creates, commits a murder, they leave their DNA there. Then if they do another one two miles away and do it, they leave their DNA there. And if they do that four or five times throughout a town, their DNA is everywhere. That's no different than your signature from your cell phone. It's the same thing. So why can't they take that information and move, and move that forward and say, hey, you know? So 
fascinating stuff. But that's it in a nutshell. And that's that's why they, that's how they figured what what happened. Now, you know, people can argue the fact or do whatever, like I said, but. Facts are facts. But you can't argue facts. Facts are facts. And you can be blind to it. You, yeah, you can be blind to the facts, but facts are facts, right? So that, that, that's interesting. That's an interesting spin down there, what's going on down there. But I do recall, I do recall that, uh, I think we discussed that once before. Yeah, his name is, yeah, his name is Dinesh DeSosa, and he's, uh, he's, a, he's a director and a producer and, and a filmmaker and stuff. He's a pretty smart cat. And, uh, yeah, he created this, this documentary, and uh, just fascinating. To, to watch, to, to, to see it, and to hear other people talk about it. Just, just fascinating. But you probably won't hear too much about it in the States because they don't want that information out, obviously. Yeah. And that's a problem, right? And which is, which is kind of sad when you think of it, right? Is that information, when it comes out, you'd think that maybe people would want to hear a, a different perspective on something. Like we discussed earlier about freedom of speech and bringing something to the table you don't already know to change, to change your opinion about something that maybe you didn't have before, right? The thing being is... If that comes out, then that, that then paints a picture of that individual. So, you know, we're talking about uh, politics. I mean, you're, so you're talking about the Biden administration, the Hillary Clinton administration, the uh, Obama administration. So they're all in cahoots. It's going to paint a picture of them being criminals of what took place because they all had a hand in all this. I mean... It, like, who, who started this to say, well, we need to win the election? How are we going to do that? You know, so somebody must have pushed the, the buttons to say, let's make this happen. No right. different than our government. If he tells the truth, then it's going to paint the picture that you are a liar. And he don't want that. So, I mean, you're never going to know the truth. And, and we've never been given the truth. And that's why they continually lie. So, if you wanted to... Uh if you want to hear a lot of word salad, just go and uh, tune into CPAC in uh, Canada and, and watch our House of Commons because, goodness gracious, I have never seen so many people throw out word salad in all my life when they're asked a question. And uh, it's almost like a tape recorder with some of them, right? They're asked a question and they just repeat the same shit and you kind of go, that's not what they asked. Could you just answer a question? These people are making a ton of money. They just voted themselves in a raise there recently. Oh. And uh, 40 some, 50 some odd thousand. They're, yeah, their raise is more money than most people make in this country on a year, on a year when they're just trying to get by. Yeah. That was just their raise. So you can thank our liberal government for that. <clears throat> exactly. So these, these things that these people uh, are talking about in, in the House, they need to just be straight with people and just give a straight answer. This, this word salad and these, these non answers, they're ridiculous. And I watch it, and I, I'm yelling at the TV like, you know, people would yell at a hockey game. And I'm thinking, just answer the question, right? It's kind of crazy, but it's true. I know they can't hear me, just like people can't hear when you're yelling at the players on the ice. It's no different TV, than you uh, <laughs> hit, hit a golf ball, and you're telling it to go a certain way, and it's going, the balls don't have ears, man. Exactly. But you're going to yell and scream at a ball. Exactly. How so, stupid are we? Yeah, it's just crazy, right? But, yeah, anyway, the... Watching our House of Commons is frustrating, and uh, it's educational, and it is frustrating, but I've always like to stay on top of what goes on in our country because how can you make an informed decision um, on who you're, you're, you're going to vote for or who you want in power? Um, well, like Pierre Polyev, for instance, you've heard me talk about Pierre and you probably watch a lot of stuff on Pierre. I've watched Pierre Polyev, who's actually running for the leader of our progressive party here in, uh, in um, Canada, and he's going to be running for prime minister, of course. He'll be going against uh, uh, Trudeau. Anyway... 
I've been watching him for several years now, and the guy's a pit bull, as far oh. as I'm as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he is for the people, and um, I've never seen anything like him in quite some time. Like I'm not, I'm not endorsing him or anything like that. Obviously, I'm just saying that the stuff I've seen him do, I've never seen any other politician do, and he's. Sticks to his word. He's true, to, he's true to his word. See, they're trying to uh, slam him now and discredit him, uh, saying that he's part of the WEF. Yeah, he's and, not. Uh, he, he's, he came forward and said he's yeah, not. Well, he's, he's said it many times. But then they uh, come out with a piece of paper doc, doctored on oh, yeah. uh, Facebook <laughs> yeah. saying, look, there's his name. Look, yeah. there's his, yeah. you know. It's all crap. They're trying to discredit somebody that could turn this world around or our country, our country. around. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, hey. He's my man, and I did donate to his uh, campaign, so I get to vote. <laughs> well, you know I what? get the big X. Actually, you got to do what you got to do, right? And uh, I think that people need to keep their finger on the pulse of what's going on, not only in their backyard, but they also uh, have to do it provincially and, of course, nationwide, do it uh, Canada-wide as well. If you don't, things get passed, things get snuck, snuck in, you know, like our bills get passed, laws get passed, and people go, well, how'd that happen? You know, when did that occur? So you got to stay on top of what's going on in this world. If you don't, you're just going to hear information from somebody from a third party and go, yeah, well, that's a new tax we just got nailed just a couple weeks ago. And you're going to go, what? New tax? We're already taxed, I think. I forget what position we are in for countries for taxation, oh. but we're, we're up there anyway. We're pretty high up there. We get taxed for, for pretty much everything. Yeah. I don't think there's nothing we don't get Anything we don't get taxed on, like, uh, you know, we get taxed on death, for heaven's sakes, right? So you get taxed on, on your funerals and stuff. So it's, it's wild. But well, uh, anyway. global warming, we're taxed on that. And, uh, have oh, you yeah. been outside yet? <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> chilly today. Have you been outside for the last three weeks? Global yeah. warming, my ass. Yeah, it's a just chilly. another way to take our money. Yeah, it's just Come up with lies. But yes, I mean, uh, listen. If you uh, if you don't keep your finger on the pulse, you you let uh, everything slip by. If you don't have your eyes wide open, you can't see what's going on around you. Yeah. You know, people need to wake up and see what's going on. Uh, be more uh, involved, uh, proactive. You know, yeah. and make the right decisions for the right reasons. Yeah. Well, I look at. Uh I mean, shit, probably for a lot of things that I am, you'd probably think I'm a liberal, but I don't look at it like that. I don't look at being a liberal or being a PC or anything like that. I don't look at it that way. I look at it what I believe in, like what I think would make things better or what's right in my eyes, like what seems to be fair, what seems to be reasonable. And if politicians that I watch uh, say stuff that I would probably say, I'm probably more, more or less to lean towards them, right? Uh, Pierre Polyev, yeah, is he, you know, is he punching out buttons? Who knows? But I know I've been following for a few years now, right to the point where he wasn't even going to run for prime minister because he didn't want to do it no. for obvious reasons, for different reasons. And you know what? I respect that. And all of a sudden, and he steps up. I say to myself, why is he stepping up? Maybe because he's like no different than you or me. He's had enough. And yeah, he's a politician. He's been in politics for I think 17 years or something like that. But he knows how the system works. And He's seen our money being spent uh, unwisely. Uh, he's seen the uh, certain individuals in our, in our government take advantage of, of different situations that were highly questionable. And he's brought light on that, shined, light on, shined light, lights on those people. Excuse me. Uh, and for that, I, I, just, I just think to myself, you know what? I, I believe the guy. I just believe what he's saying because that's what I would do. 
because I would, if I was in his position, I would do the same thing. I'd just go, you know what? I've had enough. This is enough. I understand these people have a job to do. I understand they beat their head against the wall sometimes because it's like the old saying goes, it's hard to fight City Hall. But well, these people <clears throat> need to do what's right for the citizens of this country. They Absolutely. need to say, I got to do this. If this was my family, I, I don't know why I always do this, but I always think about this. It's like, I think it was probably years ago when my, our brother said one time about stealing. He said, you wouldn't like someone to come in and steal stuff out of our parents' house, would you? Something that they worked hard for, you wouldn't like that, would you? So, of course not. He goes, well, that's why we don't do that to other people. That's why other, you don't steal other people's shit, because it's not your shit, right? And it just kind of sinks in your head, and you go, you're right. It's not your shit. Put things into perspective and say, it's like a family. It's like, like you were saying earlier about being a Canadian citizen. This is our home base. Canada is our home, right? Our, our grandfather came here from England as a Bernardo boy, the turn of the century, along with a lot of other immigrants, they came here. So yeah, we, we were born here in Canada. We are Canadians, but our forefathers obviously came from a different country, along with everyone else. The only ones who are, like, are here are the natives, yeah, right? Search for a better life. Right? So other people came here to search for a better life. But once we hit the soil, this is the life we, you know, we have to have in Canada is a better life for everyone, all individuals, yeah. not just certain individuals, everybody. So I used to kind of joke with a guy I worked with years ago, and he used to say, hey, do you not look after your home first? Of course you do. It's a rhetorical question. You look after your home first. You don't give me money to look after my home, do you? Of course you don't. But if you want to, go ahead and give me some. I'll just take it, right? <laughs> you know? Because that's the way I think we should be wired. We have to look after our home base first. I see these politicians, they're not looking after our home base. Well, that's not what, that's not what our liberals say. <laughs> That's not what they say at all. They say they're for the Canadian people, and they're listening to the Canadian people, and they're, they're doing this and doing that. I don't think I've ever had any liberal ask me what I think. They just tell me what's happening and, yeah. and expect me to go with that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen them come to my door and ask me, ask me what, what no. I think or what are my thoughts, because I, so, I would tell them, obviously. Uh, absolutely. Now, uh, you know, I, I've had... Uh, and probably one of the reasons why is because I, I, I know the uh, individual a uh, little bit better than I know most because uh, he was in the military. But I've actually had this individual call me back uh, from Owen Sound here. I won't mention any names. Uh, <clears throat> but he's, he even emailed me back and he was talking about uh, the situation over in France because they've got some uh, individual that wants to desecrate uh, Juno Beach and everything else. Ooh. Uh, he wants to put uh, hotels and whatnot up, and Europe seems to be okay with that. Seriously? That's yeah, kind of weird. That Juno Beach, that's where soldiers fought and died. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're going to desecrate a monument? That's history. Yeah. You don't tear down history. You want history to be remembered. You don't tear it down. You don't build upon it. You know, if you're going to put a monument up, that's fine and dandy. But don't build houses or uh, apartments or motels or hotels. Yeah. Because people fought and died on that. Anyway, getting back, because I'm on a tangent here. <laughs> getting back, he had answered me back and said we are working on it. He's the only politician that's ever answered me back. I've never had... Uh, 
the PM mm -hmm. ever email me and say, we're working on this, Kenny? Yeah. You know, nobody down in Ottawa has ever called me and says, what do you think? Yeah. You know, they send out that stupid census that we have to fill out, which I refuse to fill out anymore because I'm tired of it. You know, but don't say you're for the people. Don't say this is what Canadians want because you never ask me. Yeah. And that's not what I want. I do not want to be in debt. I do not want to have high gas prices. I want to be able to afford to walk out my door. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a very simple thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, well, that's a good point you're making too about history. It uh, just reminds me of all the stuff, once again, that went on in the States and in Canada, you know, tearing down monuments, getting rid of history. And it's like, you have to leave our history where it is and and history has to be taught in schools obviously so kids in those in, in those classrooms know what ha happened in history because you do not want history repeating itself well That's if i was if i was to go to ottawa if i was to go to ottawa right now with a few of my buddies uh, from the military and decided to tear down that uh, monument destroy it would i go to jail oh uh, yeah absolutely 100 percent. but let's Let's go with uh, what's been happening over the last couple of years with all the uh, crap that's going on, and I get it. But let's tear down all these big statues. Let's burn churches down. Hundreds. So Terrible. what's happening? Absolutely nothing. nothing. It's okay. They made a statement. We got it. We're listening to you. Yeah. Well, I'm making a statement. Uh, hey, here's another statement. How about that uh, BC, the BC uh, pipeline there? That uh, wasn't a pipeline or something that was... They never arrested anybody. No. They almost killed those guys in the bulldozers. Yeah. And they, no, zero arrests. And how much news have you heard on that? I know. That's, that's, that's another one of my points, right? Oh, absolutely. And once again, going back to the original we were talking a little while ago, is that everything's controversial. Everything's a controversy. And everyone has a different opinion. But it doesn't mean you have to be shut down or shut up because of it. Because things are controversial. And we should be able to sit down and talk about anything and like I said, agree to disagree or have a, you know, an amicable solution to a problem. And that's just my view on how I view it. But other people don't. Other people, like I said, they'll probably listen to this podcast and some people might comment and be hateful, eh? write hateful shit on there about whatever. Something, be prepared for that. Something you've said or something <coughs> I've said. But haters are going to hate. I don't, read, I don't like to read, read the comments anyway because, like I said, it, just, uh, it is what it is. But... Um, yeah, if anything on this that we, you know, we've said in the podcast, if somebody wants to drop me a line, uh, you can email me at uh, podcast at uh, thesurgeeffect.ca. That's podcast at thesurgeeffect.ca. You can uh, just send me an email. And if stuff we discussed or something you're for, something you're against. Um, but I've said in other podcasts too that people have a problem, they should just call their MP or write their MP, send an email, and let them know. Let them know that, you're, that you don't like what's going on, whatever that may be. Because, like I said, you're not going to please everybody all the time. It's just not going to happen. But, like you've always said, to live your life, just to live a life after the life that you've already led and what you've done for this country, you want to just be able just to enjoy your retirement. You want to be able to enjoy your life. And you don't want to be hounded by a nitpicking government that thinks for, for some reason they should be involved in their lives like all the time they don't need well, to be involved in our lives they just need to just do their government stuff and leave us out of it kind of thing that's kind of the way I look at it they don't need to run my life 
I have a hard enough time running my life. I don't need them stepping in my life and, and shutting me down for other shit as well, right? Well, I just don't. See, there's a couple of things that, uh, and I'm going to quickly mention here. One, I've always said, I fought for this country. Don't tell me to be politically correct. I stood for this flag. Do not tell me to be politically correct. Plain and simple. The other, and it happened a few years ago, it still pops up on Facebook every once in a while, <clears throat> young soldier asking the prime minister. Oh, yeah. And he said, the reason is, is because the military is asking for more than we can give at this moment in time. Whoa! How much money did they give uh, Ukraine? Yeah, I know. How many millions, I know. billions, did yeah. they give to other countries? I know. And we're asking for too much? Yeah. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, it's simple as that. Yeah, it's... Uh, I got no time for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to take when you see that. And I actually, I know it's one you're talking about, too. That's the, it's easy to find on YouTube of the uh, veteran, Canadian veteran. And I believe he lost his... I believe he lost his leg, I think, in an IED. And he was asking for something for the for the uh, military or something and um the prime minister at the time said of course it's that they're asking for more than they can give at this time or something like that yes it's like i don't know i well, just, just it's just wrong i think it's wrong um it's like no you said different. these people given the ultimate right they, these people have given the ultimate to their country ultimate sacrifice and you've been there and uh other men have been there, of course, and it's, I'm sure it just leaves a sour taste in your mouth when it well, comes to shit like that. I'm a soldier. I stand up for soldiers. I mean, it's no different than if you were a firefighter. You stand up for firefighters. If you're a cop, you're, you stand up for all cops. You know, we all stick together. We're a brotherhood, you know, in our organizations. <clears throat> you know, I would never, uh, I would never take uh, or destroy anything that uh, had to do with police or firefighters because... They fight sometimes right alongside of us. You know, I've had uh, RCMP in Afghanistan, excellent individuals. I don't know what they're doing at this, t uh, at this time in, uh, in, in life, but they were with me for six, seven months in Afghanistan. You know, these are excellent individuals. Yeah. Why wouldn't I stand with them? He stood with me. Yeah. You know, so we stand together. We have that type of camaraderie. So don't tell me to be quiet. Don't tell me to take a back seat. When I firmly believe in something or, I, uh, or you know, I'm headstrong about something, I'm going to move forward on it. We have gotten so bad that you can't even speak. Uh, how did he say it? Yeah, it's not mankind, it's humankind. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Change <laughs> the terminology of my English? Yeah. Go piss off, dude. Yeah. Like, don't tell me how to talk. You know, <clears throat> I don't believe in any of that political crap. Yeah. Humankind. Who am I offending when I say mankind? And we've always said mankind. Yeah. I, yes, okay, womankind. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I am not discluding or discrediting women when I say humankind. Yeah. Humankind? Mankind? Yeah. Hmm. Well, that whole thing's getting a little out of hand, too. It's like, it's hard for people like, you know, older people to kind of grasp when they hear all this nonsense going on, right, with all these, you know, pronouns, and, you know, well, I'll be, you, you can address me as him or her. My pronouns are him and her or him and his or whatever. 
that'd be like, I heard this the other day, and I kind of chuckled at it, but the guy said, it's basically like me saying, hey, I uh, identify as uh, intelligent and good-looking, so from here forward, I will be addressed as such. <laughs> it's like, are you insane, right? I mean, that's how bad we're getting, right? It's yeah. like, I'm gonna, you're going to tell me about this, and uh, uh, I want to be addressed as this, uh, good-looking or intelligent. It's like, come on, folks. Like, yeah. we're, like what are we doing here, right? And I, I, I said to somebody there not too long ago as well, because we were talking about... Um, um, about what's going on with the uh, women's sports in the states and men being in women's sports and men identifying as women oh, and, and kicking their ass in sports and stuff like that. Um, I've always said, hey, listen, if, if people want to, people want to do like uh, steroids, well, then they should have like the steroid Olympics. Everyone in the in the Olympics, they just all do steroids, right? That way you have, it's a fair it's a fair field, right? Or if men who identify as females, if there's enough of them. Let them have their own sport. Let them have their own swimming sport. They can go against each other. You know, I'm not being racist or I'm not being mean. I'm just being real because <laughs> men are men and women are women. I know it's kind of cut and dry, but people are going to go, oh, no, they're not. You're an asshole or blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, as far as I know, a woman is the only person on this planet that can have another human being. See, men can't have babies. See, men just can't, right? Like I posted something the other day on, on uh, online, which was kind of hilarious because a person was asked, in uh, where were they? I'm not. Sure. Yeah, I think it was somewhere in the states. Anyway, asked the lady if a man could have a baby, and she said yes. I'm thinking, okay, we've lost our minds now. All right, we're we're out on an edge, somewhere. I don't know where these people come from, but biology's biology, and I don't know about you, but you know. <laughs> Men are men and women are women. That's just the way it is. It's not, yeah, okay, people are, are born and some are transvestites or whatever the case may be. I know the LGBTQ community is out there. I get that. I have nothing against people that are, you know, I'm not homophobic or anything like that by no means at all. Zero. But people are going to think I am, but I'm not. Um, anyway, that's my spin on that about, you know, Olympics or anything like that, or people that identify as... Well, I, it's uh, absolutely females, wrong. Females. It's absolutely wrong to have a guy that uh, believes he's a female and join an Olympic organization and compete against women because he is, he, she, whatever, have already got one leg up because most men, most men are stronger than women in, in, in certain aspects because they have different muscle tones. You know, <clears throat> it's a joke, is what it is. <laughs> I mean, it seriously is a joke. Yeah, it's uh, it's out there, man. It's out there. But yeah, we we could probably go on and on and talk about that forever too. But um, anyway, let's cut it short. I think we're yeah, we'll cut that one short. We'll leave that one for another uh, another podcast. <laughs> anyway, we should probably maybe cut this one off too. Believe it or not, we've been talking for almost two hours. Well. Listen, I... Uh, That's hard to believe, eh? I appreciate you uh, bringing me on, and I appreciate uh, spending this time with you and uh, talking about stuff. And uh, like I say, uh, I'm not here to offend anybody. I'm just here to uh, talk about things that uh, concern me and should concern uh, the majority of Canadians. And uh, I do appreciate you uh, having me. It's always a pleasure. Hey, 
Loved having you, brother. <clears throat> we could have said a lot worse. We could have done a lot of bad <laughs> stuff, but we were good. We were behaving ourselves I, a little bit. That'll I, be for the next one. I had a zi- sort of a ziplock there. Yeah, I saw you kind of hold yourself back a couple times, <laughs> but uh, that's all good. I know how you feel about things, and uh, you know what? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And like I've always said, everyone has their own opinion about stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, you have yours, I have mine, and everyone has their own, and that's just the way it works well, in this world, and we shouldn't have to hate each other over it. That's a fact. If you don't have your own opinion... You don't have your own freedom. You don't have your own train of thought. Then you're controlled. That's right. Simple as that. That's right. That's right. But anyway, listen, I, I appreciate having you on. And uh, it's been a hoot. And this two hours has went by pretty fast. We covered a lot of ground. And we will be doing this again sometime, I'm sure, because uh, it's been fun. So till next time, brother, we'll, uh, we'll call her a day. Absolutely. Thank Cheers. You. Bye. See you, everyone. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in to the Surge Effect. Until next time, cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsshe-shirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, the Surge Effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.